Hi, I'm Janine. I'm a recovered alcoholic. And um, hopefully you guys can hear me. Sorry, I'm not a, I'm not super techie. So um, I, this is really cool for me because I actually heard Earl T Hightower speak about 20 years ago. And he was one of those stories that really impacted my story, you know, in my life. And, and so this is really cool for me to be talking as a 10 minute speaker. So um, I, I guess the gist is we're all kind of like this. We, you know, we have two issues with alcohol and one of them happens when we drink alcohol and the other happens when we don't drink alcohol. And so it's quite the predicament um, to be in. And um, the doctor's opinion in the book does explain it well. Um, you know, the restless, irritable and discontent, you know, I, I've abbreviated it, it's RID because it's a big part of my life. It's something I have to look at and watch for. And it's that spiritual malady. And um, essentially it's, it's what can, it has the potential to put me back in the cycle um, every time because, you know, yes, we have the physical allergy and we can go into detox and get a good clean detox and it's out of our system, but then keeping it out of our system and the mind, you know, the main um, problem of this thing centers in our mind. And so, um, you know, I've found that that restless, irritable discontent is a big issue, something that I really need to always focus on because that's the spiritual malady. And um, the doctor's opinion talks about it, how when I get like that, I start to unravel. I start to want some ease and comfort. Um, I know what gives me ease and comfort very quickly. And so I will succumb to the desire and take that drink and I'll, I'll feel the relief for, you know, I don't know, a few moments, maybe a couple hours, you know, it, it changes every time, you know, gets less and less the amount of relief I would feel. Um, go on some spree because now I'm off and running and emerge from that spree firm resolution. This cannot happen again. I am a mess, you know, and then, you know, and mean it when I say it, this is done. I'm not doing this again. And then what happens is that restless irritable discontent starts happening. And again, I start getting bitter. And, and the way that shows up for me, usually, like I can, I can usually tell when that's creeping in. And it's usually when I start to think that everybody's doing it wrong you know, everybody's wrong. So it's like, I'll hear from my kids that a teacher's not letting them have certain, you know, breaks or, you know, or, or the drivers just, they're doing it wrong. They should have, you know, gone slow at this point, or, you know, I just start picking apart how everybody should be doing it. And, and that's a good sign for me that, okay, there's something the matter with my spiritual status. And if I'm not careful, this is what this is really what I'm looking for is, you know, this spiritual malady needs to be treated. Um, the book talks all about it, how like if we fail to enlarge on our spiritual life, we're headed for trouble. Um, we have a, a reprieve based on this spiritual maintenance. It's, it really, um, it's everything, you know? And, um, so I got sober, um, in 1997 and I got 10 years sober. And I, I basically stopped doing the spiritual program of action. I, you know, they talk, the book talks about how this is not a theory. We have to live it. And I'm telling you, it's a fact because, you know, here I was 10 years of sobriety. I knew the book. I could recite it. I could show you every, you know, if you ask me where a part was, I'll tell you the page. I mean, I knew it all, but that when you fail to enlarge on that spiritual life and, you know, 
I think the key is remembering step one. I'm not sober because of me. I'm not sober because of something I'm doing. I'm tapped into a power greater than myself. That's why I'm sober. So I have to continue that maintenance. And so I ended up relapsing after 10 and a half years of sobriety and um, really crazy. But when I relapsed, I told people, I knew a lot of people in AA. I was loved. I sponsored. I, you know, and I told people like, don't worry. I already know I'm an alcoholic. I will be back. And that right there, I, I looked back later after all those years of trying to get sober again. And I looked back and I thought, clearly I did not understand the powerlessness because I thought that I would just get to decide to come back in and Oh, I decided to come back in, but I couldn't get sober again. Like the power wasn't, you know, we lose the power of choice and drink is what the book said. So yeah, I decided to come back. I was ready. Okay. Drink after 10 and a half years. I'm ready to come back now. And I come back and go to the meeting and I'd leave the meeting and go drink. And I'd come back and go to the meeting. That happened for three years. I tried to get sober again. I had no idea, you know, it just now I understand the powerlessness that I am powerless over this. This is not um, a decision that I get to make the decision, but it doesn't mean I'm going to have any power behind it, you know? And so that next sobriety that I ended up getting, I hung on to, and I take it really seriously. And um, this is a life and death matter for me. This is, um, I will relapse again if I if I don't handle my spiritual maintenance. Um, it's really important that I toe the line on that. And um, you know, I was really blessed to have at the beginning of the meeting. I, I heard um, Earl Hightower saying, you know, giving homage to the Don, Dan Madden. I think it was Dan Madden was his sponsor, his first sponsor. And it, you know, it's it's so meaningful when you do connect with a sponsor that really just gives it to you straight and it changes your life and it changes your world. And I had a sponsor like that and he died a couple years ago. And, um, I'm telling you, I just, you know, it was just one of those things where nothing I was doing to get sober. I, I kind of, um, I was going to meetings, right? And I was going to the Coco's dinners after, and I was making the gratitude lists and I was doing all the stuff you hear to do. And I was saying, I just can't get sober. I don't know why. I'm working AA. I'm working AA. And then I would list off all those things I'm doing, and none of it included the 12 steps. And finally, that sponsor said, dude, that's not AA. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yes, that's a part of the service work and stuff, but he's like, do you realize the 12 steps is the program of Alcoholics Anonymous that is designed to give you that awakening, that change? And it was like, Oh God, I'd missed it. Like I just kind of missed it. I, I, I missed um, the importance of the steps, you know, and, and so, you know, I started working the steps, life and death errand. Um, step nine, I mean, even in the first 10 years I had, there were things that I just wasn't fully real about, you know, and this time it was like, I knew I'll drink again. Like I, and I won't have the power to come back. So, and I have kids and I have a life that I keep trying to rebuild that I'll lose again, you know? So this is not a joke. So I, I went about the steps really like a drowning person and, and that's the life raft. And I really on amends, I mean, there were some amends that were very hard to do. There was harms done that people didn't know I did. And so I'm like, it was so hard to want to like ruin that reputation I had as this, you know, loved AA or, you know, cause once I relapsed, I was just, 
you know, all the bad characters came back. It's just, I became a different person again, you know, um, when, when I don't have God leading my life and my choices, they're not super wholesome. And so I, you know, I, I really made amends that I never dreamed I would make, um, things that, that I really thought like, this is going to put me in a bad position. I'm not going to be able to get a job. I'm not going to be able to, you know, and I was reminded over and over that my trust and confidence needed to be in, in God and that I was either in or I was out. I was either going to do this and trust the process or not. And, and I did. And it's amazing how God just re put together my life. And, and it is more sturdy than it's ever been. Um, I am more grounded. I love Alcoholics Anonymous. I am, um, forever indebted. You know, I, I am normally of myself. I'm a sick and broken, weak person. I really am. And, and with, um, God in the steps, I've totally transformed. And, um, I guess, you know, the, the gist is there's no middle of the road solution. The book talks about that too. Um, half measures avail us nothing, you know, um, all of the newcomers that I heard identify, you know, I guess the best thing that I could say is, you know, work the 12 steps and, and, and do it the right way. You know, no skimping, no, you know, picking and choosing. Cause I used to do some of that too. I'd pick and choose what I was going to do and what I wasn't like, it was a salad bar and I could just pick and choose. And that's not, you know, we don't get to kind of go through the 12 steps and say which ones we're going to do and which ones we're not. And, um, and so I just, um, for me, Alcoholics Anonymous is, it is a way of life. Um, I sponsor, I, for me, that's the book talks about, you know, there's a whole chapter devoted to working with others. It's a really important deal to work with others. And, and the book talks about how, when all other measures fail, working with another alcoholic will save the day. And it really does. Like there's days where, you know, I'm praying or I'm reading the meditations or I'm, and I'm just still kind of squirrely, you know, and, and it's so true that, you know, when, when other methods fail, that one alcoholic talking to another, and it just changes, it shifts my whole day, it changes everything for me. And so um, anyway, I am honored that I got to talk at this meeting. I, I've spoke at this meeting years and years ago, and um, it just feels really good to be talking at this meeting. So thank you, Pej, and, and uh, thank you, everybody. <laughs>